athletic competition. It can easily be broken down into two parts. The minutes or hours it takes to complete the event. Then weeks, months, and years of joy or heartbreak. Finally, the decades to analyze and debate it. From the press box to press row, Donald Ware will break it all down for you with an in-depth look at historically black college athletics, as well as the biggest news stories and newsmakers of the day. It's time to talk the talk with those who walk the walk. From the press box to press row, here's your host, Donald Ware. From ashy to nasty to classy and stiff, that's not all MCs have to go to pray and pray for my downfall. You're locked in to the dopest show on radio, box to row. I am your host, Donald Ware. Last week I had Georgia on my mind when I talked with you and Saturday evening I had Philly and Pennsylvania on my mind. Congratulations to President-elect Joe Biden. Congratulations to Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. I'll tell you what, uh, you know, I I was at, actually my daughter had a softball game and uh, we were uh, about, I don't know, maybe an hour and 15 minutes from where we live and found out the news and uh, I, I, I mean I tell you what it was absolutely outstanding I mean I gotta be honest with you I mean and I and I generally am I mean people always say I gotta be honest with you like the last four years have been I mean I feel like most of the time or quite a bit I don't want to say most of the time but quite a bit of the time I've been in the twilight zone. Um, You look at all the divisiveness, and I know that's a word that's been thrown around a lot, but it's so true. I look at the divisiveness that I've seen over these last four years. I look at how the the man that uh, is the most powerful man in the world uh, as the president of the United States of America has been uh, a detriment, has been, I mean, just his rhetoric, uh, what he has uh, said about and uh, constantly talking uh, negatively and uh, about the black community. Uh, When you go back to what happened in Charlottesville, that there were, were good people on both sides. Like there have been so many things that have been said that it's hard to keep count of all of them. That's one of the things that really stands out to me as a black man. Uh, but there's so many. I mean, that's that's there's so many other things like when Donald Trump was impeached and ultimately he was impeached going back to last year, but he was not removed, but he was impeached. He was impeached on the wrong thing. Like you wanted to, meaning Congress or the House of Representatives, you wanted to impeach him on Syria. No, that's not what was. And I mean, well, it, it, maybe it was an impeachable offense. 
But I mean, there's so many, there's so many different things that he could have been impeached on. So many different things. By the way, in the, you know, you, you, there's an old, there's an expression looking bad in these streets. Well, the United States of America for the last four years have been looking bad in these streets of the world. Like, I mean, it's just been embarrassing to be an American for the last four years. Like I'm going to be, I'm, I'm just going to tell it like it is how I see it. Now you can disagree all you want. You can agree. Whatever you feel about it, you can hit me up via Twitter. I'm happy to, to take uh, on uh, your tweets and your uh, thoughts on Facebook at box to row on Twitter, B O X T O R O W or on Facebook, B O X the number two R O W personally on my personal Twitter account at D where one at D where one or at where Donald as happy as I, as I am for someone like Kamala Harris. And because not only the first woman vice president, not only the first black vice president, not only the first uh, vice president of color, uh, but also a Howard grad, an HBCUer. I mean, that is an extreme source of pride for me personally, uh, as not only an HBCU graduate, a graduate of Morgan State, uh, one that grew up in the Washington area, uh, as she attended Howard. Both of my parents uh, attended Howard uh, and are Howard grads. Um, it's just a, but also, I mean, it's just a tremendous source of pride as an HBCU person, right? I mean, that we can, I mean, we, we talk about HBCUs, right? And, and we've talked, I mean, it's been sort of a hot deal, especially the last, you know, couple of years or so. And, and, and there was even the question, are there still, is there still a need for HBCUs. Of course, there's a need for HBCUs for so many different reasons. And yes, as HBCU people still, I mean, you can look at some of the best people in the history of the world are HBCU grads. And we're talking about back then. Well, let's talk about the present. Let's talk about Kamala Harris as a Howard grad, as an HBCU grad, uh, as the vice president of the United States, a tremendous source of pride in that. Okay. Listen, I don't know what's going to happen moving forward. Like, I don't, I don't know, you know, I, I, who knows? Um, but I'll tell you what, I mean, I, I, I admire Joe Biden for what he's gone through to be able to get to where he is now as the president of the United States. And he's not a spring chicken. That's the thing about it. But he looks he looks good. You know, he looks spry, right? So, I mean, for all that he has gone through in his life, the tragedies that he's really gone through in his life as a young senator, uh, more recently with the passing of his son also, to be able to get to this point. And by the way, he's got a plan, like, He's got a he 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 he's got a plan. Like the most important situation 
are in terms of what's happening right now is this COVID-19 pandemic. How do we combat that? And the previous administration just doesn't seem to care. By the way, look at all of those associated with the with the well, I guess the current administration, soon to be previous administration who has has the coronavirus. It is sad. Um, it is sad that not more was done. It is sad that we're talking about uh, almost 240,000 American lives lost because of this pandemic. Uh, the pandemic, I mean, you were going to have loss of life because of the nature of COVID-19. OK, you were going to have loss of life. Uh, unfortunately, that was going to happen. But the amount of Americans lost uh, could have been a lot less had uh, our the leader of the free world, the White House, had taken this more seriously. But not even taken it more seriously. Like I think, I think it, it was shown that it was known the seriousness of this virus, but it's just all of the actions, the lack of wearing a mask, um, just the, 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 it's just a bunch of talk when you're having these coronavirus uh, task force media briefings. It was, it was a show like it was television. Like it was good television. I mean, you know, uh, no disrespect, but it was like, it was, it was just a show. Like there was nothing really being, nothing really being said no the, it, it was it, it it was just a bad situation so I, now i think we're going to have uh, uh our name respected once again in the world uh, i think as a black man for myself and as black people we don't have to feel so bad like when you have someone in in you know when you have someone like that that is in the position that they are in and rarely has anything positive to say, mostly negative things really to say about the black community. Remember even before the election, he says uh, the black community vote for me. What do you have to lose? Well, I'm going to tell you what, we had a lot to lose in these last four years. Okay. So I can feel a lot better. I don't have to worry about, when the president of the United States is speaking that he's going to, you know, say something that's going to denigrate me as a black man uh, in my community as a black community. And that makes me feel good as much as Kamala Harris is an HBCU grad and is the vice president. I feel a lot better about the fact that the current president soon to be former president, is going to be out of the White House. That, I mean, I just feel good. I don't, you know, whatever. I feel good uh, about that. Your thoughts, hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number two R-O-W, personally at dware one on Twitter, personally at Donald on Instagram. We've got more of the program still to come. NASCAR champion for 2020, Chase Elliott, But up next, a conversation with the one and only Michael Strahan. So 
Hey, what up? It's your man Nelly. And you listen to From the Press Box to Press Row. So hold it down, alright? Later. The old renaissance is the new renaissance. Standing on tradition while embracing the spirit of distinction. This is the Harlem Brewing Company. Uniquely crafted beer brewed to deliver a taste, a sound, and a feeling that can only be described in one way. Harlem style. So come and take a trip on the A-Train with our Harlem Sugar Hill Golden Ale and our Harlem Renaissance Whip Beer. The neighborhood original. Sponsored by Harlem Beer Distributing North Carolina. Served in total wine all over North Carolina. Fresh market in North Carolina and Virginia. Weaver Street Market in Raleigh, Durham, Carborough, and Hillsboro. You can also purchase in Durham at Zwelly's, Saltbox, Sam's Bottle Shop, and Bull McCabe's. And in Greensboro at Elm Street Lounge and Cooper's Ale House. You're listening to... From the press box to press row. You just gotta hold me down. Hold you me go down. ride for me, baby. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're continuing here on Fox to Row with the radio boss. And we're joined. I'm telling you, we got a very special guest on the line. We're joined by a gentleman. I like. Okay, so like he's got so many titles and so many jobs. I mean, I can't <laughs> post on GMA. Host of a hundred thousand dollar pyramid, right? He's got the uh, you know Pro Football Hall of Famer, former Texas Southern star. He does so many things; it's unbelievable. And, and as a matter of fact, he he has his own collection, MSX by Michael Strahan, the one and only Michael Strahan, joins us here on Radio Boss. What's going on, Michael? Hey, man, I'm good, brother. I'm good. I'm busy, but I'm good. Busy is good, especially in these times that we live in right now. So I'm happy I'm here talking to you. Absolutely. We're, 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 the pleasure is ours. How do you do all this? Like family time, right? How do you, how do you, family time, GMA, $100,000 pyramid. For, oh, I'm, excuse me, Fox NFL Sunday. Like I'm, I've forgotten all the things that you, that you do. How do you do it all? You know what? The crazy thing is, I forget, too. That's what helps. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because I don't do anything I'm not interested in. I don't do anything that's not fun. I don't do anything that I wake up and go, oh, I really don't. I really oh, I don't feel like it. Like Everything I do is exciting. So I just kind of wake up and do it. And doing GMA, it gives me time to at least get home. And, you know, I got one. one I have twins. They're totally they're separate schools. So it, it this is. You know, been a different time because it has given me more time with the family. But at the same time, I have been very fortunate to have a great job that I love to do. And I just wake up and do it. I have a great team of people who make sure I'm where I need to be and that everything runs smoothly. So I'm, I'm lucky in all ways. You know, in uh, GMA, so we got a lot to get to. But GMA, like I was watching and you mm-hmm. were talking with one of the officers that were, was involved with the Breonna Taylor uh, yeah. uh, killing, you seem very uncomfortable with, with some of the answers he was given. Yeah, I mean, you, it, 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 that's the thing about news. I mean, I talked to John Jonathan Mat- Mattingly, who was um, one of the seven police officers involved, and the only one to speak out so far, so it was a big exclusive for us. And as, a, as when you're in the news, my job is to bring you at home. 
you the viewer, you the information. My job is not to emotionally get involved and in, in, in necessarily say my opinions or my feelings on certain things. But of course, there were just certain things that were said that had to be challenged. Um, I think his, his, his input on, for some reason, he brought up George Floyd. And, and it was important for him to talk, say things about George Floyd in that case that I just didn't find to be acceptable. And whenever there are things like that, you have to speak up. But at the same time, you got to be very careful not to inject yourself too much because you want the public to make their own opinion. That, of course, the voice of the one and only Michael Strahan, who joins us here on Box to Row with the radio boss, of course, MSX by Michael Strahan, launched in 2015, has a partnership with both the National Football League and Men's Warehouse, which we're going to talk about uh, a little bit later on in the program. So Texas Southern, got it? I mean, like, can't not, we're not and cannot have you on without talking about <laughs> Texas Southern. Cannot. So how did you ultimately end up at Texas Southern? Well, you know what? My, my, I grew up in Germany. I'm from Houston. Grew up in Germany. When I was a senior in high school, my dad said, I'm going to send you to stay with your uncle in Houston and get a football scholarship. So I went to Houston. I played at Westbury High School for one year, and I was in Houston. Westbury was probably the only school that saw me play. I mean, Texas Southern was probably the only school that saw me play being right there in Houston and being a local boy. And Coach Walter Highsmith, um, I went over to see him, and he offered me a scholarship. And I guess the rest is history. But it was, it was, it was perfect. It was perfect for me, man, to go to the HBCU, to go to Texas Southern. The size of the school, the education they gave me, not just in the classroom, but about life, it was – I would have been swallowed up at another school. I wouldn't have felt as if I really could have made a difference or had a real purpose of being there. But at Texas Southern, I always felt like I could make a difference and I had a purpose. And, they, and I always felt comfortable there. And now my buddy, I got a shout-out to my, my man Deion Sanders, who's taking over head coach of Jackson State. He just sent me some Jackson State swag, and I put on the hat. I uh, know, And I know there's, you know, rivalry. I'm just proud of him for going to HBCU and, like, literally being behind all the things that, that he says and this whole movement of trying to, you know, bring more light to the HBCU experience, and he's behind that. But I put on my Jackson State hat. And sent him a picture yesterday saying, how do I have more swag and look better than Jackson State stuff than you do, Dion? But I am proud of my HBCUs, man. Uh, we definitely need them, and, and they are backbone of our community. No question. You know what's interesting? Like a lot of some of the best players, as you know, to ever play, not only in the National mm-hmm. Football League, but sports or in society, whether you're talking about Oprah Winfrey, where you talked about Dr. Martin yeah. Luther King, whatever went to HBCUs, but to your point, you felt like you're saying if you had gone somewhere that was bigger, it, it may not have been for you. So how, yeah. And, yeah. and then the cultural experience, right. the cultural experience, sitting out there on the yard, you know what I mean? You know, just, just the, the, the all the fraternities and sororities and, and, and I don't know, it was just a like-mindedness and just a, um, but an inclusiveness that I loved. I mean, everybody thinks about HBCUs and they go, oh, it's only black people. No, that's not the case. I mean, we had white football players on our team. We had white people on campus. It's just an encompassing environment. And, and as you know, we are very open and happy and in, in inviting um, um, group of people. And, and Texas Southern gave it, me and everybody else that, man. So, yeah, HBCU is the way to go. And so for you, I mean, it's got to feel great because 
My thought when we so we had you on the show back in 06. So the question was, okay, how do you go from TSU to the Giants all pro, you know, well on your way to the Hall of Fame? And then ultimately you won the Super Bowl. Then you go from that to where you are now, GMA. So how does one go from Texas Southern to you're like one of the biggest personalities on television? I work hard work. Hard work and just understanding that no one's going to give you anything. If you want it, if you want it, you have to earn it. And you know what? Don't limit yourself. That's one of the biggest things. I think we look at ourselves, especially in sports. And say you make it in sports, and you go, "Okay, I made it in sports." And most people think that that's all you can do. Which, in turn, in your own mind, makes you think that's pretty much all you can do is that I could, I could either play sports or I could talk about playing sports. But that's not the case. I think we're we're smart. We're educated. There, I don't know really any dumb athletes. It's really a tough business, especially in football, being able to break everything down and decipher these plays. I mean, it takes a lot to be able to do those things. But it taught me that if I can focus on that, then in other areas of my life, if I apply that same focus, I can have success. And it's truly been from just work because I didn't go to school to be on TV. I didn't go to school to host any shows. I didn't go to school for fashion, but I may have an interest. And that interest is something that you shouldn't be afraid to pursue. And you're not always going to be successful. I failed at a lot of things, but the fact that I kept moving and was successful at other things kind of, I learned from my failures, but it lets everybody else look and forget that I even failed. And everybody thinks I just woke up one day and all of a sudden, Oh, he's on TV. It, it never has been that way. It's been a tough road, but it's just one that you got to keep going down until you get what you want. Yeah. Uh, what was the transition like for you from Texas Southern to the largest media market uh, in the country and playing for the New York Giants? It was tough. When I was at TSU on campus, I was kind of a quiet guy. I wasn't a, you know, loud and, you know, look at me and I'm doing this and I'm doing that. I was kind of put my head down and grind and just do what I need to get to do to get the job done. And so to kind of be kind of quiet, to show up in New York, and I know people look at me now, well, you ain't quiet. But I <laughs> and I was and, and shy at that. And I still have shyness stuff that I have to deal with. It's like a, a introvert introverted extrovert in a lot of ways. But I I truly have you know, one thing I realized about New York, and the reason I think I've been able to come here and do well is because I came here and I was quiet until I figured out what was going on, and then I got more involved and opened my mouth. <laughs> Sometimes you got to yeah. know your surroundings. you got to yeah. figure out where you're at, where you're going, how you're going to get there before you start talking about where you're at, where you're going, and how you're going to get there. And for me, I think that was what helped me here in New York, coming to this media market. I was never a guy who said, yeah, I'm coming from Texas Southern. I'm going to come here and I'm going to you know, get 200 sacks and I'm going to do this and do that. No, I sat behind Lawrence Taylor and I watched. I said other, I watched other guys, how they dealt with the media. I watched how other guys dealt with living in the city because sometimes you come here and you're young. I was 21 years old, had a little money in my pocket. I easily could have got swallowed up here in the city by being out too much and running around and trying to do all the things that were going to be detrimental to my life and my career. So um, it's about kind of figuring out what your role is, know your role, don't oversell yourself, but over-deliver. So a couple of last thoughts. I want to talk about the, the clothing lines, uh, mm-hmm. or the line really in, in two different spaces. If, um, But what about the Super Bowl 
win victory. What did that mean? But I, was it that year, the year before you sat out? Like, were you really going to sit out that it year? Was that year. Yeah. Um, well, it, nah, I wasn't. Going <laughs> <on that. laughs> you know what happened? I hurt my foot. I think I hurt my foot the year before, and I missed, um, you know, however many games. And I'm in, I'm in California because I had my deal with Fox. And if I wanted to, I could retire and been on TV doing that. And I'm kind of sitting there, and the guys are calling me every day, bugging me. Hey, man, you got to come back. got to come back. And they're in training camp. Now, I'm looking at a beach in California, or I'm looking at training camp in Albany, New York, at a college campus. And I'm like, I ain't going back there <laughs> to the training camp. And I had figured out a, a week or so in, I'm going to go back and play. But I kept stringing them along because I just didn't want to go to camp. But the second camp was over, <laughs> right back over there, man, put that uniform back on. And the first two weeks were awful. We were horrible as a team. We gave up like 80 points on defense in two games. And then we woke up and we just started playing better. But, yeah, winning the Super Bowl at the end of it all made it all worthwhile because I, I – you think you do all these things for yourself, but winning the Super Bowl, I had done everything as an individual player. But to win the Super Bowl, that collective man, I'm on a group text with all the, the D-line from that year. I mean, every day we go and we talk to each other, we encourage each other, um, we talk about things that are going on in our lives, and we open up in a lot of ways that we never opened up when we were sitting in the, the, the locker room together in the meeting rooms because we talk about how, how difficult it is when you are done playing the game. There are a lot of struggles that some guys have gone through, and I've had my own too. Even though you think you have another career, you still doubt yourself. You still worry that if you, you know, how is life really going to go? Do you make the right decision, make the wrong decision? And you do miss the game. So for us to communicate and talk keeps us all involved, man. It makes me feel a lot younger than I really am too because they were all younger than me when I retired. <laughs> More with the one and only Michael Strahan after this small pause for the cause. This is Box to Row. You're listening to From the Press Box to Press Row. That is the voice of Kevin Durant. I'm excited I get to play for They support us in everything we do. You know, it's a joy to, you know, go to work and, and know that you're going to be, uh, you know, they're going to shoot for you as loud as they can no matter who you're playing. I'm talking about none other than Serena Williams. That was definitely one of the better matches I've ever played. I've had it just like that. You know, it's really focused. It's really, you know, excited. He's Chadwick Bozeman and he joins us here on From the Press Box to Press Row. You are, in fact, a graduate. What do you remember most? most about your days at Howard. Howard is like one of those experiences where <laughs> you know it's a it's a bubble, you know it's a it's a special moment. Like I had some great teachers. Felicia Rashad was one of my teachers. You know, I just remember being nurtured to respect black writers, black directors, black actors, as well as the classics. So you got the full scope of what you should experience and I think that's unique to Howard. I just love the fact that they respected the full scope of it. Kiki Palmer joining us here on the program. I, I've come in a lot of different ways. I think I've definitely grown as far as my age progression, and that shows that I've literally grown, I guess, on screen. And people have seen me from, you know, a young kid to coming of age into an adult. And I feel like slowly but surely they're not taking that Aquila memory out their head, but realizing Aquila also has, you know, has grown up. I don't ever want to be typecasted as just the weed hosting girl. That is the voice of Steph Curry. Your progress from David's to now with Golden State. Where I've come from in high school into a small D1 college at Davidson. Uh, it's a great story and uh, I'm just having fun, you know, living my dream and riding the ride. At the voice, of course, of T.I., 
They, it's some hard times down in the ATL, though, T.I. Yeah, and if that is understood. It wouldn't be the first. <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be the first, nor the worst. But, you know, you got to stay down with the home team, you know? No, nah, no question. I'm, I'm still I'm still down with the skins, man. What can I say? They're, they're not doing too well right now. Well, like, <laughs> you know what I mean. We gotta, hey, 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 look, man, we gotta, we gotta hold it down so we can, so we can get it back right again. <laughs> that is the voice of Maria Taylor, ESPN College Sports Analyst. College Game Day is a show that I grew up watching, a, a show that I've always loved. I knew that when I was um, able to join, I was more than excited. I found out the same week as I turned thirty. And it's just something that I never dreamed I would be a part of, but something that I'm so thankful to have under my belt have done for an entire season. There's nothing like it, honestly. Hello, I'm Josh Stone, and I'm here chatting to Donald on Thunder Press Box to Press Roll. Kimber Walker. There's a lot more poise now. You know, um, the game is slowed down, so you know, I kind of know what to expect. You know, I've been watching a lot of film on our offense and, you know, what plays I can make. You know, I'm just trying to make the best plays possible. When I draw a second defender to me, um, I know my job is done. I'm trying my best to find the open guy. You know, the difference is guys are making shots. That's been the biggest difference. I'm talking about none other than Common. Well, I ended up with Sam just because I wanted to major in business. And Sam, you had the illustrious school of business. And, I mean, I played high school basketball, but... At one point, my career kind of rounded off because I got injured and I wasn't getting as much playing time, so I became impatient. I went to school first, starting off with general studies, then I found out that business was the key. That's what I wanted to do. I got into the school of business, and it was definitely a great learning experience for me. She's regarded as the best gymnast in the world. She's Simone Biles, the ESPN Swimsuit Edition. Actually, really fun. Like, to be honest, me and Allie had a lot of fun. We were like, oh, of course, I'd run the best shape of our lives. We're feeling confident about our body and we hope that other young girls and women like feel that being strong is so beautiful. So that's what we kind of try to do. Mine was just like beauty, but also showing muscles. Like I feel like when little girls look at that, they'll think it's okay to have muscles and be beautiful and like sexy at the same time in a good manner. And I think that's what we got across, hopefully. It was great. Greatest football player to ever play, Jim Brown. Muhammad Ali was a principal person in the country at the time, and he stood up and said that he was not going to the service because it was against his religion. Mm-hmm. All, all the top black athletes together, along with Carl Stoke, the first black mayor of a major city. So I'm glad you brought that particular incident up. Snoop Dogg is on the mic. Pay attention. Oh, man, thank you for having me, Play in a real way. I mean, I'm so honored. Snoop, you football league has done so many wonders. We got over 200 kids that have graduated from high school. We have over 50 kids that have grown to Division One. WWE champion Alexa Bliss. How does one go from being a cheerleader as you were at the Division One level at Akron to being the WWE champion? <laughs> well, uh, after I appeared in Akron, my uh, trainer had told me that WWE was having a tryout. So, and they knew I was a fan. So I went online and I submitted a video to WWE.com. Um, I didn't think anything would come of it, but then I was called and given a tryout. And then after I tried out, I was signed to NXT and it just kind of became a roller coaster from there. So we're joined by the one and only Jerry Rice. What do you remember most about those days at Mississippi Valley State? What is going on at Mississippi? Mississippi State University. <laughs> Why are these guys putting up unbelievable numbers? And that brought the awareness to the school. And after that, I got drafted to the San Francisco 49ers. Hey, everybody, what's going on? This is Anthony Anderson, international movie star and funny mother. <laughs> and you're listening 
to From the Press Box to Press Row. From the Press Box to Press Row is the sports talk show that is the voice and the talk of HBCU sports with a flair for pro sports talk and entertainment. Check the show out online at www.boxtorow.com. That's From the Press Box to Press Row, real, relevant, radio. Track down the names making news in sports from the press box to press row. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. The one and only Michael Strahan joins us on the program. So MSX by Michael Strahan for NFL mm-hmm. is available on MSX by Michael with exclusive styles for men and women on HSN and QVC. Like you were already doing everything. Now you're doing more. You got the collection. Tell us about it. Yeah. Well, collection is the um, the, the Taylor brand. That's suit, suits and ties and everything else. Then we had MSX, which is our athleisure brand, which is is really great, especially for right now when everybody's doing these things from home. You don't have to get necessarily dressed up. At least from the, the a lot of people, you probably dressed up. I don't want to know what you got on down below. <laughs> but you look good right now. <laughs> And so then we, I went back, I went full circle, I went back to where it all started, went back and signed a deal with the NFL, the G3, so it's um, MSX by Michael Strahan for NFL, and it's all NFL licensed apparel, all high high quality fabrics, um, stylish, 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 a great bang for your buck, and, and partnered with G3, which is owned partially by Carl Banks, another former NFL player, another former giant who's been at it for 30 years or so. And they do, they are like the best in the business with this. So um, we are in, in um, fanatics.com as well. Another big site, your yep. team stores, hopefully they'll be opening soon. We'll see how that goes, but it's been a real fun business for me and something I didn't know anything about. I've always been interested in fashion and it's somebody, it's something that's been organic to me from wearing suits every day on TV to, when I'm at home, I am casual and I'm athleisured out. So these are all things that are organic to me. And this is a great way for you at home if you're watching sports. You can still cheer for your fan, you can, your team. You can still look good. You can still send your boy a jersey or a shirt from, or a jacket from your team, even though he may not like your team. He's going to wear it because it's free if you send it to him. <laughs> <laughs> right. and, then, uh, and, then, and then, of course, it's, for, it's, it's affordable, too. It's affordable, too. That, that was the, always the key thing. It's like to give performance fabrics, to give things that, that for a man, being a bigger guy for me, I don't want something that is it's not cut super tight, but it's cut where it's athletic, but you still have room to move. And even this one has a little spandex in it so you get some stretch, has a mesh back, so some breathability. So everything that we've done has been fashion forward and it's had um, a lot of, it, it's like tech fabrics. And you get a lot of bang for your book. You get a lot of money for your value for the money that you're spending. We did them all at prices, so you have a true fan can really enjoy and most of all you can really afford. Yeah. And then also, yeah. and so then also, you so mentioned Deion mentioned Sanders Deion. a little bit earlier. So now you're, you're donating um, also to Jackson state to wear some of the, the articles of clothing, correct? For a long time. And I, I found some old picture of us in the pro bowl together. And I'm like, man, look like I ate like 500 calories a minute. <laughs> I will. <laughs> but, my man. And, and, he wants his guys to look good. He wants his team to look good. He wants them to step off that bus and look like a professional, which is what they required for me and us when we were in the NFL. So 
um, my company collection. We're going to make, you know, we're going to give the guys their jackets. We're going to give them the shirts. We're going to make sure that when Jackson State stepped off the bus, Jackson State is showing up to represent and looking um, and looking great doing it. And I just love giving back. I love, you know, those type of things because there are so many kids out there who go to HBCUs and think, oh, I go to HBCUs. I don't have the same opportunities as someone else. And in some regard, yeah, maybe maybe you, you may feel that way, but it's not the, the reality. Reality of it is there are a lot of people who want to support and a lot of people who gone to HBCUs. And I want to encourage these kids, don't be afraid to reach out. I think a lot of times we're afraid to reach out. We're afraid to ask for advice. We're afraid to ask for an opportunity. And don't be, because life is about speaking up. And you can't, you can't get what you want without speaking up. Yeah. So I just want to that. I wanted to show them that it doesn't matter. HBCU, Big Ten, wherever you go to school, 1A, 1AA, and Division Two, you can be a success. You can do whatever you want. And I'm a living proof. I'm living proof of that. Yeah, there's no question about it. And then also with MSX, you have a partnership also with Men's Warehouse as well, with the suit part of it. With Men's Warehouse, which we're excited about. Um, that kicks off. We're in Men's Warehouse on November the 11th. Um, of this year, which is 10 days before my birthday, which would be a nice little birth, birthday gift. But with Men's Warehouse, we're doing the collection, we're doing the suits, we're doing our denim brand as well, and we're doing all of our athleisure MSX brands. So big partnership with Men's Warehouse. We're so fortunate and happy to be partners with them. Absolutely. And again, we want to remind folks, MSX, Michael Strahan, the partnership with Men's Warehouse, and then ultimately the MSX by Michael Strahan for NFL is available on MSX by MichaelStrahan.com right now, correct? With exclusive styles for, for men, women, and on HSN and OBC, correct? HSN, um, 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 yeah, it, all of that. And I want to say that it was important, too, for women. This is the first time we're doing anything for women with the MSX by Michael Strahan for NFL because uh, my daughters were giving me a hard time. My mom was giving me a hard time. So, you know, I had to listen to the women in my life for once, and um, they were right. I, I, I love making something that, that's cut and fit for women and not something that is made for a man that they got to wear to like, to, to um, represent their team. So I, I'm so happy and proud of that as well. And then all the associations with Fanatics and, and, and um, you know, HSN and, and, and Men's Warehouse. So I've got great partners and I've just been a very fortunate dude, man. Yeah. MSX by MichaelStrahan.com available now. Don't forget, also November the 11th is the launch of the partnership with Men's Warehouse. And, of course, you can find those Men's Warehouse all over the country. The one and only Michael Strahan <laughs> joining us here on Boxer Road with the Raider Boss. And first, I, I know she won't. I know she won't like I'm going I'm to say it anyway because PR likes to be behind the scenes. Got to give a big shout out to Jill Fritzo and Fritzo Public Relations for making this happen. Michael, we appreciate the time. Continued success in all you do. Appreciate it. You too. Always good to talk to you. Hopefully next time it won't be, what, 14 years. You, can get to <laughs> you, knew, oh, you knew about that. They, they, they made sure you knew about that. Man, you know what is good? And, and, and uh, you're encouraging people um, to be better and do better. And, and that's what I love, man. So thank you. I appreciate you. Appreciate that very much, Michael, and your time here on Box to Row. You can react to anything Michael Strahan had to say. Hit me up via Twitter or on Facebook. We move from Michael Strahan to my next guest, 
who won the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series Championship, drives the number nine Napa Auto Parts Chevy Camaro for Hendrick Motorsports. He's Chase Elliott. He joins us here on Box to Row. Chase, congratulations and welcome back to the program. Thanks. Yeah, I appreciate it. Been uh, been a fun couple weeks for sure. Oh, no question. I mean, I, I, we, you know, I, I want to start with with the race in Phoenix, but we, you're right. We got to take it back to Martinsville uh, a, a week ago. So, your thoughts, and of course, your father, Bill Elliott, is a NASCAR uh, Hall of Famer, won the Cup Series championship. Uh, what did it mean to you to win uh, in Phoenix the NASCAR Cup Series championship? Yeah, it's been a yeah. I mean, everything I could ever ask for, and and then some. But uh, been a amazing experience. Really, everything about the whole thing uh, is all very new to me. But I've been enjoying all of the things that have come along with it so far, and uh, certainly going to enjoy it. You know, we we don't get a, a super long off season, but um, first time I've, I've ever in, you know ended a year and ended it like we want to. Um, it, it's never that way if you didn't win. So yeah, you have to enjoy that. I feel like. And um, we certainly intend to do that. Sure. With all that has happened uh, this year, you talk about COVID-19 and, uh, you know, nothing's been normal, obviously, uh, about the, this year. Does that make it extra special? Well, this year certainly been different. I mean, the landscape has been a change from anything, you know, a NASCAR season has ever seen before. So, you know, it makes it different for sure. I don't think it takes away from a championship by any means. So, from my end, I'm I'm as grateful as I would ever be, um, and as excited as I would ever be too. So, you know, the year's been different. I think NASCAR did a really nice job to come back and and get back to racing as soon as they did. They're really kind of the first ones to take a leap and and say, hey, you know, we can still go put on races and do it safely. And I think they did that, and yeah, we were able to get back to it and end the season on time, which is which is a, a lot of hard work went into that. Yeah. I got to take you back to a couple of weeks ago in Martins. Was it like a must-win situation for you? And you did it. You must. You 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 had to win. You did it to ultimately put you into the position to win the championship. Take us back to Martinsville, and uh, you know what happened there in terms of you being able to get that victory there. Yeah, I mean, obviously that was it. You know, if that weekend hadn't happened, this weekend wouldn't have even been a thought. So, you know, that that was a big one. And everything about that, the opportunity was big. That was a racetrack that I felt like we, we had had some good uh, good runs at before. We just hadn't been able to get a win. So, you know, all those things being said, we just, I felt like, focused on the things that were really important, brought a really fast car, and was able to execute a good enough race to get it done. So just, you know, really everything about these last two weeks went our way. Yeah, like I said, I, hell, I couldn't ask for anything more. Yeah. That the voice of Chase Elliott drives the number nine Napa Auto Parts Chevrolet Camaro for Hendrick Motorsports. Uh, he's the third youngest driver to win the NASCAR Cup Series championship, fifth uh, full time, uh, uh, fifth uh, year full time on the circuit. Joins us here on Botch to Row. Yeah, what did what did, did of course what did Dad say to you? What did Bill say to you? Just a lot of excitement. I mean, you know, right before the race, he said, all you got to do is beat three guys. That was right before I walked out of the, the, <laughs> the truck. So, um, yeah, I mean, he was just excited. Yeah, he, you know, I felt like he, uh, you know, he, he was kind of confident um, before the race, which was interesting. I hadn't really seen him like that. He felt really good about, about things. He didn't necessarily say that to me, but I could kind of tell 
Um, and he was, you know, just, just pumped up, you know, my, my mom was as well. And I'm glad they were both there and both had an opportunity to see that, you know, that those are moments that rarely happen in general, but you know, a lot of, a lot of people don't get to experience those moments with their, with their parents. Um, uh, so I was very lucky to, uh, have lived that and, and lived it with them. Yeah. No question about it. That's the voice of Chase Elliott who joins us here on Botch to Row. Therefore, what does it also mean because you uh, you become the third father-son tandem to win uh, championships or t- to win championships? What does that mean to you? Yeah, another one of those things. I mean, to be in the same sentence as the Petties and, and the Jarrett's, I mean, that, that's, a, that's a special group. Those are some serious, uh, some serious racing last names. Just very proud to have joined that list and one of those things that'll that'll live with you forever long after long after i'm gone which is which is neat yeah what does he say to you about the championship he won in 88 like i mean you you're again five years full-time on the circuit i mean you're you're not even 25 years old and have won a championship what does he say to you or what has he said to you about that 88 championship that he won yeah i mean you know just we talk a lot about just how different things are, you know, I mean, what a different world we live in from what things had to have been in, in, in 1988. And obviously the cars have changed a lot and, and, you know, this and that, but just that moment of, you know, victory and, and the uh, accomplishment of winning a championship, I think still means as much to people who are in there and fighting the fight now as it did back then. So just, I think the biggest thing he's referenced is just enjoying the moment and taking it all in because, he raced for a long time, and it's fortunate to have a championship. A lot of guys race a long time and don't, and uh, there's a lot of great drivers that haven't. And, yeah, that, that's a very humbling thing to uh, be in year five and, and say that we do is, is special and certainly not going to take that for granted. He's the driver of the number 9 Napa Auto Parts Chevrolet Camaro for Hendrick Motorsports. He's your 2020 NASCAR Cup Series champion, not even 25 Years old, the most popular driver on the NASCAR Cup Series championship circuit. Chase Elliott joins us here on Box to Row. Chase, we appreciate the time once again. Continued success to you and your team, and continue to enjoy that championship. For sure. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. You got it, Chase. My NFL predictions for Week Ten are up next. Box to Row. Box to Row. Is the website for all of your HBCU sports needs. From the game of the week feature to interviews to the latest news in the world of HBCU sports. BoxToRow.com has you covered. Missed a week of From the Press Box to Press Row? BoxToRow.com has all the archive shows. Don't forget to check out the All-American teams and weekly media coaches polls. From the Press Box to Press Row. And BoxToRow.com. Your HBCU sports leader. It's Donald Ware from the press box to press row. My week 10 NFL predictions. So we're going to start with the Texans and the Browns. The Browns are coming off a bye week. Meanwhile, the Texans coming off their second victory of the season. Squeaked it out 27 to 25 over the Jaguars. I feel like the Browns went into the bye week. Remember, coming off that loss against Oakland. I'm not really sure what to make of Cleveland right now, I mean, with the Steelers and their big lead and then the Ravens and what they're doing. But the thing about the, the Browns, the Browns right now are 5-3, and three, so they're still in contention in the division. I feel like 
this may be an opportunity for the Texans to make a bit of a run. The Browns are a little bit wounded, even though coming off a bye week, they get a little bit healthy and maybe things change a little bit for them. Game is in Cleveland, but I'm going to go with the Texans. The Washington football team in Detroit taking on the Lions. The Lions coming off that beatdown against the Vikings. And I actually had picked the Lions in that game. By the way, I went 8-5 and five last week. That's one of the games that I missed. The Washington football team, I mean, you're not going to overcome five turnovers in that football game. Alex Smith is going to be the starter moving forward. But again, Dwayne Haskins is just a play away. And you think about Smith, older, he looked a lot better last week. I will say that through for in excess of 300 yards. Got some weapons, obviously, with uh, with Terry McLaurin there. That defense got gashed. That Washington football defense got gashed. Uh, Adrian Peterson uh, looking to do well against the Washington football team. Not going to happen. I think the Washington football team is going to clamp down on that running game. Matt Stafford is definitely talented, but that Washington football team defense in the secondary has been pretty good. I like the Washington football team in this game. The Buccaneers and the Panthers. Listen, I got to give the Panthers a lot of credit. Like, I realized the Panthers started off 0-3, then lost, uh, or excuse me, won three straight. Now sort of lost a, a, a couple of games here in a row. But if you saw that game, and I had a chance to to flip in between the Washington football team uh, game to turn to the Panthers and the Chiefs. The Panthers gave the Chiefs all that the Chiefs could handle, and the Chiefs fortunate to get the victory, quite frankly. This is a Panthers team that's not bad. Like Teddy, they're going to have to do a little bit more offensively. Unfortunately, Christian McCaffrey comes back. Now he hurts his shoulder. He's going to be out. I think that makes a difference. Otherwise, I may pick the Panthers in this game, the Buccaneers coming off that beatdown against the Saints. I would pick the Panthers in Charlotte, but I'm going to go with the Buccaneers in this football game. The Eagles and the Giants. Interesting football game. The Giants, the NFC East continues to be not so good, really. I look at the Giants. I look at that defense, particularly against the run, and I'm extremely impressed with them. Even in the secondary, like the Giants are pretty decent uh, defensively as a whole unit. Carson Wentz, wh- which Carson Wentz are we going to see against the Giants? The Eagles have all kinds of injuries. I mean, they're not bad uh, defensively. I- I'm going to go with a little bit of an upset here uh, with the Eagles still leading the division. The Giants may be looking to, uh, to continue with the momentum. Daniel Jones didn't turn the football over against the Washington football team, but he always does well against the Washington football team. I still am going to go with a mild upset and going to go with the Giants. The Jaguars and the Packers, boy, things continue to go downhill for the Jaguars. I mean, you got to give them credit. Played uh, a, a, a hard-fought game. They continue to fight hard, uh, but it's just obviously not enough. A lot has transpired with the Jaguars. They're going to need a whole new overhaul. Meanwhile, Green Bay is coming off a bye week. Um, Green Bay certainly, um, and, and listen, I, and I'm not sleeping on Minnesota, but Green Bay, you know, obviously leading that North division uh, in the NFC right now. I don't see a slip up with Aaron Rodgers and crew. They're going to want to avenge the loss from a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I'm going to go with the Packers in Green Bay. The Cardinals and the Bills. This is a tough game. Like the Cardinals went toe-to-toe with Miami. Should have tied that football game. Missed field goal. Just came up 
uh, a little bit short, but the Cardinals and Miami were really going tit for tat in that game. Meanwhile, you look at the Bills, and the Bills are coming off a really nice win. I mean, I think, you know, they've taken a step forward. Uh, I'm not ready to – a lot of people are talking about, well, you look at – you know, you look at Allen and Josh Allen, the way he's playing in the Bills, you know, Diggs, is, he's got a really good, uh, re- uh, solid receiving core in Diggs, and that that defense is really good uh, for uh, Buffalo. I, you know, I don't, like, the Cardinals are solid, better than I thought they would be. Kyler Murray is good, um, but I think, I think he's going to be slowed down a little bit by that Buffalo Bills defense, and I think the Bills are going to win a, uh, really a, a, a tight and a hotly contested football game. More of a low-scoring game, I think, this time around in Arizona. The Chargers and the Dolphins. The Chargers just cannot seem to catch a break. I saw, watched the Chargers lose uh, last week. Hard for, I continue to fight hard. They're losing all these games. They, they'll have Sometimes they'll have a lead, double-digit lead, not necessarily this past week, and fall in football games. Uh, and, and it's just the way that they're falling. Like, these are close games. They, they had a chance to win it uh, on a touchdown uh, catch that was overturned because the ball actually hit the ground last week. Meanwhile, look at Tua Tunga by Loa. Um, boy, I tell you what, <laughs> he had a special week last week against the Cardinals. Like, the Cardinals' defense isn't, like, superior, but it's solid. And he did well. And if you can do well, especially in your second start, I think that Bolswa, I think the Dolphins want to have something to say as far as the AFC East is concerned. They're not going to be tripped up by the Chargers. I have the Dolphins winning this game in Miami. The Broncos and the Raiders. Look, the Raiders are starting to play some good football. A couple of wins in a row, a good win last week. Brandon Parker, former A&T guy. I, I, I tell you what, uh, he's making an impact on that running game. Last week, that was really able to help to get it done for the Raiders. I look at the Broncos sort of up and down uh, a little bit. I look at this. This is a a, a, a a divisional matchup. I like what the Broncos are doing, but I like the Raiders because I think the Raiders are looking to really contend for the division crown, and I like the Raiders in Las Vegas. The Seahawks and the Rams. Boy, the Seahawks got beat by the Bills last week in a bit of a surprise, a bit of a shootout. You look at Russell Wilson. Boy, he threw a lot of interceptions um, and, and is, and uh, on last week. Uh, now he's got to face Aaron Donald and company, Jalen Ramsey, uh, et cetera. Uh, you know, I, I like the Seahawks to bounce, bounce back. This is a divisional matchup. Um, the Rams... Are, are sort of, they're up and down. They're, they're a little bit too up and down for me. I don't think the Seahawks are up and down. I just think they've lost a, a, a couple of games here, but I think they're one of the elite teams in the National Football League. They're going to have to be able to get that defense together, but I think this is going to be a shootout, and I like the Seahawks in L.A. The Bengals and the Steelers. Boy, the, the Steelers eked one out against the Cowboys last week. The Steelers are really, really good. The only undefeated team in football listen you look at that offense the defense got off to a slow start uh but they clamped down when they needed to and Ben Roethlisberger led his troops when they needed to what I haven't seen from the Steelers the last couple of weeks is the running game that running game much vaunted has not been there as much as the Steelers would need for it to be Joe Burrow absolutely splendid for Cincinnati right now Cincinnati just doesn't have enough to beat the Steelers. I like 
the Steelers in Pittsburgh. The 49ers and the Saints. Uh, 49ers got some issues right now. Uh, the uh, Saints, boy, they're coming off that beat down. And they beat the uh, Buccaneers down. Like, I didn't expect to see that. Drew Brees and company, that offense hitting on all cylinders. The defense is pretty solid uh, as well. The 49ers have too many injuries, uh, too many uh, up and down. You know, Jimmy, Jimmy, all of that. The offense isn't really great. I definitely like the Saints in New Orleans. The Ravens and the Patriots. Patriots had to eke that out Monday night against the Jets. You know, Cam Newton uh, was solid, you know, against the Jets, but it's not a very good Jets team. You know, we're seeing Cam Newton. He's, he's got, he had a couple of touchdowns last week, but they were rushing touchdowns. We're not seeing him throw touchdowns. Not that stat, again, not that stats mean everything, but I'd like to see, I mean, he, he's playing solid as far as I'm concerned. He doesn't have a whole lot to work with. Uh, I think the defense isn't as good as maybe we thought it was going to be this year. Uh, Meanwhile, the Ravens, uh, you know, I'm not going to make a whole lot of Lamar Jackson right now. I mean, you know, obviously he's not playing to the level that he played last year when he was the unanimous selection for MVP. That said, I think he bounces back this week. And again, I think I talked about it last week. I want to see him. I want to see them do a little bit more with Lamar Jackson. I think they're trying to make him a guy that's in the pocket. He's a guy that can throw the football very, I, I don't think he gets enough credit for being able to throw the football, but I don't want to, I need, I need to see him on more bootlegs getting outside of the pocket and delivering strikes. And then, but really more so um, being versatile in the run game, but definitely like the Ravens, the Patriots are struggling too much I like the Ravens in the game is of course still one of the elite teams in the National Football League that's the Sunday night game then on Monday night football we got the Vikings and the Bears so the Vikings are looking pretty good right now um uh you know Kirk Cousins you know he's he, he I mean I gotta say he he played well last week that running game led by Dalvin Cook is is really really good um you know, when I look uh, at the Bears, I don't know. Like Nick, like Nick Foles is is okay. I mean, will we see Mitchell Trubisky again? I'm not, not saying in this game, but it's like like Nick Foles is lighting the world on fire, and Mitchell Trubisky, boy, I mean, he's just like I think he's a talented guy. I think he's got some talent. Um, they, I think they their they they their patience ran out in Chicago with Mitchell Trubisky. I like the Vikings and it's a division matchup. Um, the Vikings still, you know, have a chance. Like, they have a chance. I like the Vikings in this football game. Your thoughts on my Week 10 NFL predictions? Hit me up via Twitter at BoxToRow, B-O-X-T-O-R-O-W, or on Facebook, B-O-X, the number 2 R-O-W. If you agree with me, disagree with me, with some of the, the picks that I've made, if you think I'm off base uh, with respect to your football team, I, I, I you know, the, the NFL is probably my favorite, and I really have followed the NFL closely. I haven't talked about it a whole lot for different reasons in the last couple of years on this program, but follow it closely. Got to get ready to run here on Box to Road. Thank you to Michael Strahan for joining us on the program. Chase Elliott also for joining us today on the program. Next week, going to talk with L.A. Dodgers catcher Will Smith right here on Box to Row. And always remember to support those that support 
Yo, from the press box to press row is presented by DW Communications.